the C's 300 and XR 600s. That's pretty much what we talk about on this show. Oh yeah, and we rated some bikes for Rooster Endo. I want to thank the sponsors who keep this show possible. Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Seat Concepts, Bulletproof Designs, and Double Take Mirrors. Support the companies that support us, and now, here's the show. All right, and we are live now in uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Welcome to uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, Matt. Sound working? Yeah, it seems to be working on my end. That's good. Hopefully it's working on the show end. If there's a problem with it, go ahead and throw messages up in the chat. We are live on YouTube and on Facebook as usual. That means it's uh, seven o'clock on Tuesday. I forget what day it is. is Usually I ride every day and then I remember what day it is. And uh, lately I've been, I don't know what I've been doing. Uh, Nails and screws and tile and drywall i can answer your home improvement questions at the moment too because i'm sharp on this stuff right now so but as usual uh this is the show where we like to tell you about uh motorcycle and motorcycle related products thanks mark um sound is good uh i've got something (laughs) mark here uh mark will like this uh this is my uh, 50 it's uh El Mayor Masters Collection, although I'm not, uh, I, I haven't really liked this one lately, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So we answer motorcycle, motorcycle related products. This show would not be possible without the help and support of a few sponsors. Yes, we have sponsors and uh, we we may or may not be shills for these sponsors. You just have to take it for what it's worth. Like thank Yamaha, Taco Moto, Scott Sports, Climb. I didn't wear any climb. Actually, I have climb socks on right now, believe it or not. So I did wear some climb. Uh, DDC, those are sprockets, by the way. Trail Tech, Fast Company, Seat Concepts, Bulletproof Designs, and Double Take Mirrors, who are new on the show because I failed to produce on a different obligation that I had. So I, I'm rolling them into this show for free. <laughs> so if you want a... Uh, if you want a really good mirror for any bike that needs it, so like your dual sport or adventure bike, check out Double Take Mirrors. I actually have a discount code. Email us and I will get that to you because it's a really good discount code and they're really good mirrors. So we have a, we're going to have a special guest on the show tonight, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Someone that's that that may be, I want to say smarter than me, but dumber than me. Uh, racing an XR 600 at a 24 hour race. Well, it can't be, uh, can't be any better or worse than racing a, uh, XR 100 in Baja. Mm, It's kind of the same. (laughs) It's, it's, there's really not a real good reason to do it. See when I did it, and this Mm -hmm. is the only reason I'm really interested to talk to him about back, back in the day. Uh, when I raced and I believe it was 96, we raced uh, an XR 600 in the 24 hours of Glen Helen. And we'll get into this a little bit more uh, as the show goes on, but it should be pretty interesting. Uh, we got a few questions I see in our, uh, in our little document. Yeah. And I want everybody to know that uh, if you want to become a better rider, you can always check out www.jimmylewisoffroad.com. If you're just getting into riding, we have, in our online courses, we have some beginner riding, riding classes, 
There's actually a few spots left in this weekend's class. If you're in the Las Vegas, uh, Nevada area, or, you know, anywhere within a drive, we have uh, some spots open this weekend. So why not become a better rider? I have some spots open in my beginner class next weekend as well. Beginner class next weekend. If you want to get hands-on beginner training, uh, and I see that uh, we have to make sure uh, Fast Company Flex Handlebars, they make spoke wrenches, impact pegs, brake clevises, brake spring kits, clicker adjusters. All these products are American made and they always have been. And if you haven't seen their little brake clevis thing, that is a really trick little part. It's uh, it's factory, as they like to say. So check that kind of stuff out. That's Fast Company, F-A-S-S-T company.com will uh, get you there. And uh, we're not having a hot seats hotline. No seat concepts, hot seat hotline tonight due to the technical difficulties that Matt can't figure out. I was trying, to, figure, I was trying to get everything set up so I could stream the show from my PC in, in Vegas. So kind of. <laughs> uh, well, that I, was that was that was enough work for you. I, I My gears were spinning for that. <laughs> So what have you been up to, Matt? See, I've been up to uh, trying to get some money for for this show. Been okay. up to uh, dog watching lately. You know, puppy sitting for oh, my for my mom. That's the that's a new gig for you, puppy sitting. Yeah, yeah. It's the dog is actually here in my apartment. Uh, it's our three legged golden retriever. She's very sweet. So that's awesome. Uh, what else does that been does doing? does that pay better than uh, dirt bike test? Uh actually about the same. About okay. The same. <laughs> about the same got it yeah you, you know when, when 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 you raise me and you help you help me through college you get a little uh you get some free I get dog discount <laughs> yeah right discount code right uh it's just let next time trevor's wondering you know where where is his trajectory his path is going on this uh dirt bike test thing just reminding uh, dog sitting is right up there with the the next thing you you can be doing yeah yeah so uh is jake available is he there I believe he is. Let me see if I have this set up correctly. I might be able to just have him replace my face. There we go. <laughs> hey, Jake, welcome to uh, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Hey, Jimmy, how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, good to uh, good to see you. I so this all started because Jake sent me an email. He said, uh, "Blah blah blah. I got an XR six hundred. I'm going to race it in twenty four hour. What would you do?" And that was about as far as I got into the email like yesterday. And then I realized, I think this was that race that happened last weekend. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah. So uh, uh, I, I, I kind of replied back and I said, well, I think this is too late, but uh, I would change the oil and then run it. <laughs> we did none of that. <laughs> oh, okay. But we just ran it. So it was uh, a pretty cool event that. Uh, I've done quite a few times over the years, and this year we decided to do a little different. And my friend Joey Lancaster from Motor the Northwest up here put together a air-cooled class and an XR challenge, as he, he called it. And it was six guys, one bike, and everybody goes out and uh, does their best to finish. We had three teams that showed up for it, and ours, the bike was purchased about uh, two weeks before the uh the event and prepped as good as we could get and then we we went ahead and send it 
I guess so, an, oil, an oil change could have been done in that two weeks, but well, it wasn't. So we just ran it with the so, oil that was in it when we got it. I have I have some questions. So so Starvation Ridge, where where is this course at? It's in Golden Deal, Washington. It's put on by Over the Bars Gang. They have two venues there in Golden Dale. One of them's a six or seven mile GP course, and then Starvation Ridge. They have a, I think it's a twelve mile GP course that they normally run, and then for the twenty four hour, he mows grass track and runs you through canyons and through houses and. Uh, through the barn there's a, a few features that are usually there every year and this year it was a 22 mile course so pretty fun for a 24-hour event 22 miles long yeah that's pretty cool yeah this year they did some special stuff they had splits in the course where you'd you'd come up to a choice and you could go left or right one of them might be longer than the other and you didn't figure it out until well halfway through the race when you hit it a couple times but it's pretty neat you start you start narrowing it down to the shortest the shorter lap. Yeah, you see the guy in front of you go one direction, you go the other, and if you come out behind him, you know that uh, it was a little shorter. If you come out ahead of him, you know which way to go next time. It worked out a couple of times for me. And is this the typical time of year that they do that race? Like this late yep. in the year? It's it's Halloween weekend, just about every year. Sometimes it falls on uh, daylight savings time, so you get an extra hour, and it becomes a twenty five hour race. Oh wow! And they give you some bonus time, so that that uh, the Scott <laughs> and Debbie over there have done a great job with this race over yeah, this, the years. And I, I remember reading about it and 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 hearing about it back when I was at Dirt Rider. A lot of times they wanted us to come up there and do. They wanted us to come up and do our a Dirt Rider twenty four hour quite kind of event up at that thing, but the logistics were were you know astronomical uh, to say the least to do it the way that we kind of wanted to do it. But I, I always saw pictures from it and it can be muddy and it just like ours are always dusty and miserable. Like the Glen Helen 24 hours, rarely good conditions. Uh, it's, it's usually, you know, and the the other thing I was going to tell you is have a lot of air filters ready, but (laughs) I didn't know whether it was wet or dry or the conditions were good or. Yeah. We had a few air filters ready. I think we had four or five this year. Fortunately, the conditions were about as good as you're ever going to get. And it was, it rained Friday night, it rained Saturday morning, and then it didn't rain until Sunday morning, right before the race. So there was, or right before the race ended. So there was no dust. There was really no mud other than around the ponds. There was some, uh, some mud holes that would get people stuck for a few minutes here and there. He had picked a bad line, but there was, it was as good as it gets for conditions. So we changed the air filter twice in 24 hours. Oh man, that sounds, I'm now mad that I didn't come up there <laughs> and uh, get to, get to ride with you guys. So what, yeah. so if it's, if it's an air cooled XR challenge, could you run an XR 400? 600. Yeah, we had 600 oh, R. No, but could you run an XR 400? Yes, you could run an XR 400. We talked about 400s and 250s and the, the first guy of our friends group, cause we had, you know, three teams and 18 people that were in on this. And the first guy bought an XR600R, and I was like, well, let's do a 250. And then everybody's like, well, we want to make sure it's even. Everybody's on the same equipment, so nobody gets, oh, you had an advantage for being on the smaller bike in the mud or oh, whatever okay. happens there. So we evened it out, and all three teams were on 92 to 95 600Rs. And what's so what's the top speed on this course? Like, what's the fastest section? Uh, I had a 
GPS speed of 83 back in the day on one of those straight stretches. This year it wasn't, they didn't have the super long one. So I'd say 65 to 70 uh, if you're holding it tap the entire time. Yeah. And then, and then uh, average speed of a lap. Average speed of a lap, it was 22 miles. And the fastest lap our team had was uh, 43 minutes. So you're looking at about 20, 25 miles an hour. The the pro teams are running about 40 minutes. And it's, it's so, fast, so, but it's tight. So an XR400 might actually be a better a better choice for this. Yes, it would be a little smoother. You could do yeah. it on a 250 just fine. You'd lose some coming out of the corners, but. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was, I'd like, I mentioned the start of the show, I did the back when the XR 600 was a competitive bike. (laughs) (laughs) It was winning in Baja. So it was, but it was the only thing that kind of Johnny Campbell could race. It was the, they, they, we had XR 400s, but they weren't really, I wonder, I don't think they were racing them just yet, or maybe they just started, but they had the XR 600 dialed at that time. And we did the very first Glen Helen 24 hour and we were racing against YZ 400s. Hmm. Uh, Ty Davis had a team on the YZ 400, but everybody had a problem with lights. And we, because of the Baja racing, they had the ignitions, they had the, all the electrical stuff. And then we had built something I built with a a really good headlight at the time, which used two, I want to say they were hundred watt MR 16 like light bulbs just mm-hmm. like the they were they were just halogen lights that we that had good reflectors one we had they had different ones they were mostly used for um displays at shows mm-hmm. and we could power these things and it was a tiny headlight we weren't running these big giant baja lights and it, mm-hmm. at glen helen when you're you know running some of the tighter trails or going around a motocross track you didn't want a big heavy light so so we just kept that bike moving all day long and we probably lost about seven or eight minutes you know we were we were i'd say maybe about a quarter of a lap a third of a lap behind but man it got dark and everybody the kx 250 team the kawasaki team had problems and i think there was a 500 and a 250 both of them had problems with lights uh the the yamaha for sure had they were trying to do batteries and all kinds of stuff and we just kept chugging along in fact like at night we put a lap, a lap and a half on everybody else, just because we kept going the same speed. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but, uh, it, the good thing about those things is they're big couches. They're just, it's just, the bike is a, it doesn't, it reminds me a lot of this KLR 650. I just turned back <laughs> in. <laughs> it has enough flex to where it's not really that precise, but then it doesn't beat, beat you up. So, uh, you, you guys seem to beat your bike up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had some challenges with our bike. It was, uh, <laughs> it started out on the first lap. It, it came in with our, our friend Phil on it, and the brake reservoir for the rear brake had uh, came loose from the airbox. It screws in through the airbox on that. There's a little bracket, and both of the nuts fell off, and it was dangling around the exhaust, trying to melt itself. So after the first lap, we put one nut on it, and then after the second lap, we put another nut on it, and had that one. Uh, kind of tidied up for the time being and we were good for a few laps and then the one we had a super trap muffler on it one of the old school ones that are really heavy oh, in mistake. the back <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, so the, the one thing about the factory bike, I'll tell you this, it, and, and uh, SS says in the chat, he says, what year is the XR 600 and does it rooster endo? Uh, <laughs> maybe you can send a picture of the bike in and we'll, we'll discuss this later. We can add yeah. it to the list. But uh, we the, on the XR 600, especially on the Baja bikes, one of the things we spent a lot of time doing, I didn't really spend, but Johnny Campbell and, and Honda did, was getting an exhaust system that would last. And we used to run these twin pipers and hmm. uh, I, I actually had, I had a full exhaust system, a factory exhaust system, but you had to weld an extra bracket on the other side of the frame. Mm-hmm. And it's not a spark arrest or anything. It's basically like almost two straight pipes, little tiny mufflers. But the whole trick was to, to take weight off number one, especially out in the back and then make it so that it didn't, it, it didn't, uh, it flexed just enough because the frame flexes quite a bit back there mm-hmm. and you don't want to break the frame with the muffler. And so on, if, if you really rode a stock XR 600 with that big muffler on just on the one side, it would generally break the frame. Yeah, we you did know. that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure somebody started that process back in like 1997. <laughs> Probably, but it, it broke at the middle mount off of the, the mid pipe first and we ran it like that for probably 10 laps or so with just an exhaust leak and then finally the first super trap muffler decided to unhook from the mid pipe and start dangling around and hitting the rider in the butt and (laughs) he finished seven miles that way beating it on the caliper and the rear tire and everything and he came in and we that was right before my first night lap like 2 30 in the morning and we did our Joey had a full second super trap exhaust system, the other team. Yeah. And he, he gave that to us. So I installed that right before I headed out on my, my first night lap and I did two back-to-back laps. So I was out there for like just under two hours. I think we were running about 50 minute lap times and came in right at about a half mile from the final check. And I heard the exhaust leak again. So we <laughs> broke that thing off in, you know, 44 miles. And then Dennis, the the guy who bought the bike, he went out and he got 10 miles in and it was beating him in the butt again. So that um, dangling probably finished off the subframe and he pulled over in the barn where there was some light and took the exhaust off with an Allen wrench and a pair of pliers because we used the little tool pack on the back of the fender and it had come unzipped. (laughs) And jettisoned all the nuts and bolts. Uh, that's all, all that sockets. was left. Yeah, that's all that was left. All the small sockets for the KTM, you know, factory toolkit that we stuffed in there because everybody really rides KTMs. Yeah. Uh, all the small parts were gone, and that's all that was left. But he managed to get it apart, and then we ran it just open straight pipe for the rest of the event. So, 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 just it was. So this super trap is like an aluminum thing that slides onto a steel kind of yep. an S bend after that mount yep. that broke. Yep, that mid pipe there. And, and so once that once that that lower lower one on the twin piper we didn't have that mount. That okay. was the whole thing is, is is once that if you tie I'm pretty sure when you tie that mount in there it triangulates the frame and then it causes it to break because mm. that's where it's kind of flexing. So if everything can flex is if you only have the back one and it, it kind of, but the super trap has that hinge in there yeah. <laughs> that, that, uh, that would, how many discs did you run? That was always the thing I, with super. I, I don't know. A lot. There was a lot of them in the, <laughs> in the one and there was less in the second one. So then once it came off, it ran even better, but so it, was it was loud. Really loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even yeah. with the super trap on, it was loud. Yeah. 
Yeah. We had a guy complain that he came into the house behind us because you go through an old house, like from the probably the 30s, that's maybe 30 feet deep and you go through three doors. Uh-huh. So, and they're all straight through. And one of the guys, I don't know who was actually on the bike at the time, but opened it up in there. And the guy said it hurt his ears trying <laughs> to come in behind him, echoing in the, in the house. So it was nonstop fun. So, so the damage report at the end consisted of broken subframe, broken subframe, two exhaust missing. systems, missing rear fender. Uh, the rear fender, once the one side of the subframe broke off, uh, it was dangling down in the tire and it came back in. So we unbolted the other side and cut the taillight wires and sent them back out. Luckily, we still had one seat bolt left in the other side of the subframe. So our seat was staying on. <laughs> the rear brake master cylinder that we were having problems with on lap one and two got beat to hell by the uh, exhaust flopping around in there. So it cut the rear, the rubber hose and was sitting there upside down for like 15 laps. And we never lost the rear brakes. I don't know how we didn't lose large, the rear large, ca- large capacity hose. Yeah, must be. But you know, you know, the funny thing is, well, so, okay, A, that bike has good compression braking, so you probably <laughs> yeah. don't have to use the rear brake a whole lot. Not a lot. And then, and then you think about it, you know, it, it, it doesn't take that much fluid to, you know, the, the, a lot of these systems actually are kind of overkill as amount of, as amount of yeah. fluid that they have in them. But yeah, <laughs> it was a little nerve wracking for me, not knowing coming into some of those long, fast, uh, straights. If at the end, when they send you through a 90 degree fence and have hay bales in front of you, if you're going to be able to have some control with the rear brakes coming into it, but luckily it never failed. I was really surprised. I, I uh, like the I like the way you worded that. Have control with the yeah. rear brakes to slow down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds like somebody knows how to teach here, right, Jake? I've done a little bit of that, <laughs> helping out Jimmy and uh, Paul Neff up here at Cispa Cycles. It's it's pretty pretty fun. Um, our other issue was well, like I said earlier, we didn't change oil before the event. It was whatever came in the bike, and who knows how long that had been. The handlebars were smashed completely flat, like somebody looped it out trying to ride it at extreme enduro. And halfway through the event, I checked the oil, and it was not on the dipstick anymore. So we filled it back up and ran it the rest of the event and checked it again, and it was mostly gone off the dipstick at least. So it was eh, using the half quarter so every 12 hours. Yeah, and the and the factory. Okay, so the factory Honda race bike that we had, the one one of the modifications, other modifications did to the frame was they actually inside because the the oil is in the frame, mm-hmm. so you check it up by the front of the gas tank, and they used to weld in, they drill holes and weld little pipes, and then put a clear piece of tubing on the frame, so you, you could actually visual. just you could actually look at the oil level, you mm-hmm. could see it, and this is something they did on the Baja bikes. And in all their race bikes, and even my XR650 that I still have to this day has a kit that does the same sort of mm-hmm. thing. So when you can see your oil level inside of the frame, and then it's also really easy to see kind of the condition of the oil, the darkness of it, and and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's uh, amazing how bulletproof those bikes are. It was Didn't, really really fun to ride too. I mean, once once you get into it, so so yeah. so compared to your your modern bike and what's your what's your uh, your regular bike now uh i'm on a 500x cfw 2020 and set up pretty well i I like it a lot and out there it would have been faster for sure 
and you could blitz through the gnarly whoop sections that haven't been touched for, well, as long as I've been riding out there. So 15 years or so, they haven't touched some of these whoop sections. They just keep getting ridden every year. So they're three, four feet deep. Uh, that's where the 600R was a little bit lacking through the open grass track and the stuff that he puts in uh, different every year. It was super, super fun. You could just, it handled way better than I expected because I hadn't ridden uh, 600R before, only like the 250s and 400s. But even at the high, higher speed stuff, it handled really good. It was really fun to ride. Everybody said it was fun to ride. Yeah, it, uh, motorcycles are fun yeah. to ride. So what was the what was the biggest thing that you noticed? If you, if you could just say one thing, you know, about, and I, I know exactly what it is because I used to use mine for rally training all the time and I'd pull my 600 out and ride it. What was the one thing that really stuck out? Oh, for me, it was the the way it put down the torque coming out of the corners. It was, you could just roll on and it wasn't abrupt and harsh like a 450 and just spin in the tire. It just put down the power and accelerated quickly, but uh, wasn't, wasn't hard to manage at all. Yeah. So, so, so good that that's maybe on a good side. Yeah. On a good what, side. What was what the worst thing? What was the worst thing about it? I, I couldn't keep from bottoming out the uh rear shock and force oh. and the harsh, harsh stuff <laughs> okay yeah and i I'd, I'd say i very rarely ever rode one with stock suspension <laughs> but i can see this because because I, I had i actually had kit stuff you know mm-hmm. at the time what kit stuff was good good suspension so it actually worked good but the one thing that just every time it made me pissed off that i even hopped on it to ride it is the brakes Oh. The brakes, the the brakes just aren't strong, and it's no. a heavy bike, and and you're 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 really using the front brake. And we actually had a slightly oversized front rotor and stuff mm-hmm. on it. And I just remember I I would just get complacent and get comfortable, and then I'd get on the brakes, and I'm like, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> and that's definitely something that I adjusted too quickly because I've you know had ridden long enough that I went through all those, and you get used to the KTM's with the good Brembo brakes and. You barely have to touch them and you're anchoring down hard. I planned my braking a little bit more strategically, <laughs> knowing that I wasn't going to go wad this thing up into a fence because I was pushing too hard. You know, we got six guys trying to ride one bike and I was not going to be the guy to, to mess it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I, like I said, I, I, I really, I have a lot of affection for the XR 600 and, yeah. And uh, Mitch wants to know what we're talking about. No, we are talking about the XR 600 R. We we I think we covered the 650 last week when we were uh, BSing about. I I think I was saying that I'm not allowed to sell mine, <laughs> and I almost pulled it out and started it up the other week. But I, I just like oh I don't have time for this <laughs> another another bike. But uh, maybe maybe I'm gonna have to figure out how to get up there next year and uh, do that race with you guys. I I don't know what you'll be riding. I w- I would lobby for the 400 for something like that. And there's yeah. I I actually can still buy back a couple of my 400s. I <laughs> every one that I sold and I had like six or seven of them. Every one of them I sold, I sold it on the contingent that the person is not allowed to sell it except back to me. That's and perfect. I think most of my friends still have them. Like, my favorite one, Blackie, is uh, is still at my friend's house. It's it's pretty hammered, but it'd be a great bike. It'll run the whole time. I know yeah. this, <laughs> and it has decent suspension. There you go. So yeah, uh, have to make it happen for next year. Yeah, work on some lights and and bring it up. Good times. Hey Matt, I think we're gonna go ahead and uh, I wanna I wanna have uh, Jake uh, stick around and help us with some of these questions because 
I guess you're uh, you're quite the rally bike mechanic now. I don't know about that, but I'll <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll turn some wrenches and help out as as needed for sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, what happened to our buddy Paul? I'm wearing Paul's shirt, by the way. Actually, yeah, I, I don't that. know. I don't know if this is my shirt. It oh. it may, it may actually be Janie's shirt. That's Janie's shirt that she asked him to sign. And I it, took it to him and made him sign it in uh, TourTech. Okay. So guess what? I found it in my motorhome and I said, oh, I'm going to wear this shirt for the show. <laughs> what a dick. I'm wearing Janie's shirt. <laughs> Poor Janie. <laughs> it was funny because I'm like, I'm like, I didn't know I had one of these. <laughs> it's like everything. Yep. Uh, so Matt, do you want to uh, read, read our questions for us? Yeah, I can. Let me get my. So let me get okay. the first one up just in what order you, here. What were you watching? Cat videos? No, it's uh blue light glasses. So, uh, and they have really bad glare, which is not good for uh content. So, Oh wait, you have glasses, blue light glasses. Yeah. So my eyes don't get all fuzzy and dried out. Oh, at the end of the day. you know, you know what I use for that, Matt? I use, um, I use tequila tequila. glasses. Yeah. Yeah. No, I use, this is, uh, my El Mayor, uh, master's collection check that out so it's a special uh special one from high time sellers it was something i bought down here as a little christmas gift for myself last year so i'm going to try that if you guys are interested in the tequila tonight uh i'll uh, i'll give you a review so let's go ahead and hit the questions there all right so on the crf 250f impression Iron Horse Gladiator is asking, why would you compare it to a KTM 300? KTM bikes are race bikes. Maybe compare the CRF250R with the 300, but not this puppy. Also, power or not, anyone who knows how to control the throttle should not worry if they're on a 250 or a 500cc bike. Iron Horse Gladiator. Yeah, uh, that's a name. Well, it's a... it's. it's <laughs> we talked about uh stage names yeah last week so i don't think he i don't think he watched the video all the way through he got to the keyboard either. and this is typical sometimes we say something we don't really do the the provocative headlines but uh right at the beginning i jokingly compared a crf 250f with a ktm 300 right. i just said it had really nice smooth power that's what i was talking about i didn't say how much I said, both these bikes have really nice, smooth power. And then, you know, we got to it at the end. We, we cleared up the joke, but, uh, I, I like that the, the fact that iron horse gladiator likes to talk about control the throttle, because that's something I like to talk about too. Right. Right. At uh Jimmy Lewis. If, <laughs> if you need more power, what do you do? You twist the throttle. Ja yeah. Jake, you know this, right? Twist the throttle How more. So your XR six hundred definitely did not have enough power. It had enough, but there was times when you wanted more. <laughs> so yeah. you know, th you think about it. But how during during a lap, let's just say a hypothetical lap, how many times were you just tapped on the throttle like wide open? Oh, I, I'm not the fastest guy on our team. Probably the slowest or right at the bottom. So I didn't find myself holding the thing wide open for long periods of time or coming out of every corner. I try to be smooth and carry some speed through the corners, but I would say maybe 10 times a lap, I'd find the, myself wide you, open on the you, 600R. Okay. Wide open. Now, if you were on your 500, would, uh, you my, ever, would you ever be wide open? This is the question. 
See, I haven't done it on my new 500. My old 500 was the 2012, and I did it a couple of years ago on that. And that one, I was not wide open as much as I probably would be on the new one because the new one's still all corked up and at like okay. 43 horsepower or something. Right. Still, oh, still have the reed valves in it. Yeah, still have everything. It's all stock. Actually, do the, do the XCWs have reed valves? Yep, still have them? the reed. Okay, I, I have the reed in my 500 yeah. that I did. The I did the Nora 1000 pre-run on. Yeah. I just did Rebel Rally, which is all fast car Jeep roads. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, but it's enough for me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if if you're new to this show and you're wanting to know, you know, if you want to, if you want to, because one thing we like to do is we like to save you money with good advice. If your bike doesn't have enough power, turn the throttle farther. It's it's free and it works like all the time. And then when you kind of like run out of throttle and then you feel like you're twisting a little more, then ask us about how to get more power. Because at that point, I've run out of uh, suggestions. I might tell you to downshift and let the revs come up. <laughs> and, then, and then you get more power that way too. And maybe you could run it at a higher RPM, but uh, just, just trying to be helpful here. Yep. What's the next question, Matt? All right, so the next question is more of a comment from Dennis H. on the same video. 260 pounds. Ugh. Well, <laughs> so the CRF250F, and this is what's crazy. If you rode that back-to-back -back with the, the CRF230, which is lighter, which one feels lighter? Oh, the 250F. It's not even close. Yeah, the 250F feels way lighter. If yeah. you rode the CRF 250F back to back with a, let's just say, a CRF 250X or a CRF 250RX, and I've I've done both. You know, I've ridden all those bikes right now. They don't feel that much different, and those other bikes are 240 pounds. Mm -hmm. So, Dennis, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's so much, there's so much, I, I wish there was an easy explanation to get people away from the, to get people away from, you know, so focusing on the scale weight versus uh, the, the way the bike feels. Right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one bike, uh, uh, Jake can probably confirm this. An XR600R, I think is about 280 pounds. Yeah, 280 to 290, somewhere in there. Yeah. It feels every bit of that if not more <laughs> it does when when you're trying to get it to turn in the tight stuff it uh it can be a, a handful we did have one of our uh the other team's members who's a, a stout guy do a scott summers tribute and uh, oh, deadlifted, picked it up? deadlifted it at the end of the event <laughs> nice <laughs> well he lost it, you dropped a few pounds no muffler <laughs> yeah. no subframe you're no. cheating <laughs> that was on his their bike though. They were on a different team. Oh, they a different team, their, right? Their own bike setup. So theirs was still intact. <laughs> yeah. Uh good. Uh Mitch says the Husenberg 570 is by far the heaviest next to the 650R. <laughs> and you know what's interesting is the Husenberg 570 has a lot of top heaviness to it. But when you ride that bike, it's amazing how light it feels. And this is the because the center of gravity is more near the center. And I always say if you if you got a Husaberg on one wheel or the other, you know, really aggressive, riding it, it gets really light. But if you're kind of complacent or if it starts tipping over, uh, good luck. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, let's see. We all think we're wide open. When we ride says blue sky. Hey Matt, who is blue sky? Which, which guy, which guy changed their name? I think that's Jesse Gent, if I remember right. Jesse. Okay. Yeah. See, he took our class and he became blue sky. He, he, he got a He got a new, a new moniker there. Uh, next question. All right. So the next question is going to be on your Tenere blog, actually. Oh, from Scott Clippell. I need, I need to do more of those. And speaking of Tenere's, those are brought to you by Yamaha motorsports.com. If you want to enter the victory zone, even if you're riding a Tenere 600, uh, visit Yamaha motorsports.com to figure out how to do that. Go ahead, Matt. All right. Scott Clippell. Just saw a possible solution to your rear brake lever. Check out Camel ADV video for their recent creation, a brake lever that takes care of the loose feel as well as increases the leverage for the brake cylinder. I'm looking into that. Let us know what you think. I am going to look into that. I've, I've used Camel ADV products in the past. They make some really good stuff. They have some large capacity or extra capacity side tanks uh, for my uh, KTM 1090s and 1190s that I I literally rely on because now I expect to have that extra gallon of gas with me sometimes, mm-hmm. but I, I did see that I checked the link and, and it's funny guys that are particular about the bikes. We're not going after like power and all this other stuff. It's like, Hey, this brake pedal is a little bit floppy. Mm-hmm. I need to do something about this. So I will be checking it out. I think they're on kind of a pre-order status right now. I think they're kind of assessing the, uh, you know, cause it's an expensive piece to get, built and machined up. And so I think they're, they're doing, they're going to try to figure out what kind of a volume in there's nothing. And I probably need to go uh, get an order in for one of those. Cause I would like, I would like that. I'd like to talk to him about it because I don't necessarily think it needs that much more leverage ratio, but I would like to talk to him about the pedal position. Cause I think overall it's a little bit low. So uh, yeah, good. Thanks. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to get to, as soon as I get back, uh, back to quit being worker, I'm going to go ride my Tenere. <laughs> I feel the need. Yeah, yeah. Definitely go do that. Okay. So next question. KTM On the KTM 390 long-term test, which it's been a while since we've had a comment on that one. This is from William Ray. Uh, he's saying it needs a custom downpipe that goes under the clutch casing and under the right-hand footrest. There's, an, there's two inches extra ground clearance there. The fork extenders are a must. and uh, An Indian guy has them CNC milled out posts with wide the replacement for the suzuki dr z 400 650 and klr 650 jumping forth into the 2020s oh and power parts one piece seat is a must i i disagree with him on a lot of those fronts i think c concept seat is uh much better yeah yeah <laughs> uh c concepts they have the c concepts hot seat hotline that you can't call in tonight so you should be really upset if you wanted to call because i know george wanted to call in because he's got a question in there Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, I think it's going to, he's, he, he's going to open up a can of worms yeah, <laughs> with <yeah>. this question, <laughs> but, uh, the, the, I don't know about the fork extenders is, was he, was he talking about, um, like something that makes the fork slide down farther in the tubes or extra travel? I couldn't really tell. Yeah. I'm not sure either, but it it is kind of in that modern day. Uh, you know, compared to, I can compare it to a KLR 650 and a DR 650 in certain ways. Uh, didn't we drag race the KLR? Yeah, we drag race it with the KLR. And what one? 
remember it was the was it the 390 that won depending on what gear we were in yeah it was tie it was it was kind of if you could get the klr revved up a little bit mm-hmm. it could keep up but if you let the r's drop on the 390 it got smoke so it kind of oh, yeah. it was they're basically the same it's it's a 400 bike that, you know with the you know higher tune of motor that's keeping up with the essentially a a diesel 650 Mm-hmm. but uh, I need to get my KLR video done. I have all of my assets here to do it. I just don't have that main asset of time. Right. Right. So uh, yeah. Uh, I Yeah. Good, good, uh, good question. That thing's, uh, we need to get that other video done so I can uh, pay my, my, my dues with uh double take. <laughs> Any, do you, does anybody out there write country music? Like the music part, I have the words. I need somebody that that, or somebody that knows how to get country music tuned up for some words that you have. I and if you can sing, that'd be even better. And if if you can't, then I'll sing and I'll make it worse. So just let me know. Put it out there for all the podcast listeners. Yeah, okay, podcast so listeners, video viewers, uh, you know, thousands, literally thousands of people watch the show or listen to it or whatever. So, mm-hmm. okay. So on the 2020 Husky 501 test, this is from Stephen uh, Mitchum. LOL. I have been reading and listening to motorcycle media tests since 1973. And the answer is still one tooth larger rear sprocket and stiffer springs. The OEMs need to fire all their engineers and just hire a media guy. That sounds like he's been reading motocross action. Yeah. Which is, uh, that was, that was the, that was the joke all the time. One tooth larger and stiffer fork springs. Mm-hmm. So on that bike, did we, I, it's been so long since we tested that bike. Did we change it? Jake, you, you had a 501, correct? Yeah. I've got a 500 KTM. But you had a, you had a 501 Husky. No, I have a 250 two stroke Husky, but no 501. Okay. Paul had the 501. Paul had it. Yeah. Did he put, well, he, he definitely put stiffer springs on it. <laughs> Actually, oh, he'll ride them stock for yeah. a long time. He still has the one that was his dad's, and that one's still stock. Yeah, but I don't yeah, think did, he ever did his five hundred one. He didn't really like that bike very well. Yeah, uh, did did and did he go up a tooth in the rear sprocket? I think he went up two from a forty eight yeah. to a fifty. Yeah, I think I can't remember. I mean, evidently on that test, maybe that's what we said. Actually, I don't think I said that. I think Scott Hoffman helped me test that bike, and I'm pretty sure that that when he he tested he suggested those things and you know since he's a moto media guy that's just what you should expect so okay next question matt all right in the beta cross trainer video so oops let me fix that up from clash clans the bike is shit if you ever rode motocross small ass (laughs) gas tank the bar between the plastic smashes your knees and the power is so bad for a 300. Same with suspension. It sucks. Buy a Husky. Uh, I don't I, think he knows know, what this bike is for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you've ever rode motocross. Well, I've ridden motocross probably more than Clash Clans has. Mm-hmm. And I like the I like the cross trainer. I, I, I like I, it a lot. I think for what it's designed for, and I'm, I'm not necessarily a target, target audience. Except when, if I want to go ride someplace that's super gnarly, where I'm going, man, I'd like to take a trials bike there to to climb or get up it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or 
I'll take something unique or weird. So I have an Osa. Uh, what the hell is the Osa called? What the it's a uh, I forget what the damn thing's called. Uh, not a Pioneer. It's the fuel injected Osa kind of trials bike, but it has a gas. T- it has a bigger gas tank and a seat on it. Oh, okay. I've seen the picture of this, but I don't know the name of it. So what is that thing called? We've have a test on it, a dirt bike test. So www.dirtbiketest.com. It was Osa, right? Osa, O S S A. Yeah, it's before they went out of business, and but the X trainer, the cross trainer, is that? But Explore, Explore, Osa Explore. Yeah, that sounds right. And the the, but like, why would you even compare it to a motocross bike? It's like saying that it's like saying a CRF two fifty F is a motocross bike, right? But the cross trainer doesn't weigh that much so maybe it's it's better but and power is so bad you know we still need to we need to put a pipe on that thing i just want to try switching out the pipe because i know it has a smaller carb and stuff but i'd like to switch out the pipe and see how much that'll wake it up and and the suspension is designed to go putt-putting so yeah you know what clash clans i will take our beta cross trainer right now and you could ride any bike that you want and i'll race you motocross how's that and then we'll see who sucks that'd be awesome because which bike sucks i'll do it i'm I'm, i don't race anymore but i'll race you that's it is that fair jake or is that me that's pretty fair yeah i will race i'll even we can even we can even wager like five bucks on it Not that, yeah. not that my ego, not that my ego could be completely destroyed, but, uh, <laughs> let's, let's do that. So, uh, yeah, His, send him, reply to that message and tell him I want to race him right now. All right. Well, he, uh, <laughs> I feel like he's judging a fish's ability to climb a, like a goldfish's ability to like run a marathon there. Climb That's, a tree. I like climbing the tree better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. My next bike is an XR 230 for the winter bush. Uh, is Mitch drinking? My 150 pounds can get away with that murder. Wow, Mitch. Uh, yeah, maybe you should try some El Mayor, uh, special reserve collection and not that much. (laughs) So Joshua L. Arnie has a question there on the chat. He's asking Tenere 700 or Norden 901 slash KTM Adventure R. Please advise. In all honesty, Joshua, uh, I bought a Tenere. So if that explains it to you, uh, that's pretty simple. And I'm not saying that because Yamaha does help us out with some of our school ventures and stuff. It's just watch our Tenere 700 video and you'll see kind of how much we were impressed with the bike. And then you can also read about, we tested the 790, the 890 is not that much different. And then we just talk about some certain things, some characteristics of those two bikes. And I always say, if you want to go adventure riding for the sake of going adventure riding and just kind of enjoy your ride and be simple and, and, uh, have a great time, the KTM beats me up just a little bit. And the Tenere, it it just feels so much more like a dirt bike that does adventure bike riding. So it's everything a KTM 690 wants to be that can't be. And then it's, a lot less than what the 790, 890, and what my 1090 and 1190 KTMs are. And not a lot less in a bad way, a lot less in a good way. 
So, uh, Josh, hopefully it answers your question. If you have any specifics, let us know. But, um, you know, the reason we write stuff in these tests that we spend so much time doing, or if we do a video on the bike is so that, uh, we answer those questions, but it's pretty good. Um, any other questions on the, on the form there, Matt? As far as the itinerary, not really. Do you want to, let's see. Hey, Norman, uh, here, Foley, oh. Norman Foley has a question here. He says the FMF or not a question. He's comment an FMF fatty alone wakes up the X trainer. Yeah. That's kind of what we're suspecting. I mean, right. if you look at the stock, if you look at the stock pipe on the X trainer, it's designed to, to, to make the power mellow and mm-hmm. make it, you know, smooth and controllable and all those things. So I would, I would say that a pipe and then, and then it'd be interesting to see how much you have to change the jetting and a lot of things like that. So, yeah. Uh, uh, so eight two five has a question there. Is the KTM three hundred and fifty EXCF six gear too still too short? I don't know if they've changed it. I don't think they have. I suspect it's still the same. And if it is, it's too short. So yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> do we want to do we want to go into George uh, George's question here? Yeah, go ahead. What did he, what did George say? Uh, Jimmy, when you come out of the crapper on a cold morning and all your buddies are written off and left you, how long should you let your 300 XCW warm up before you hammer it? <laughs> I, had, I had to push uh, this bike back, by the way. Back, yeah, after he did that mm-hmm. um, and he cold seized it. Ooh. Yeah, he he got in a little bit of a rush. And mm-hmm. so I, I there's a couple questions I failed to ask, George. Maybe you can answer these uh while we're, while we're doing this, did, did, was it the first time it was started in the morning? Like, did you just come out, start it up and then go and had it been started like in the, had you ridden it before or had it just come down from Montana? And that was the first start on that bike. I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious about that because your bike at 2019, it does take a reading, uh, you know, a, crankcase pressure reading in a cold engine like right off the bat which should technically made it should make it a little bit richer since it's cold but if it warmed up and it hasn't really done all of its compensation stuff so i don't know um it's i'm pretty sure you should let it warm up a little bit (laughs) but there, there could be there could be some there there could be some characteristics of that bike, especially considering that thing was 200 and some 200 and something hours old and a lot of other stuff. Uh, we're lucky it didn't do the rod, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, yes. First start. Should I call in? No, you can't call in George. Actually you can, you know, Matt, send him the link. Uh, and what does Eric Wyden want to know? Eric Wyden has some people use one or two. What do you recommend? Like motorcycles, I I recommend sixty motorcycles, Eric. Or did he did he have a a question a long time ago that we missed? I almost wonder if it was about. Uh, I'm not sure actually, because he even <laughs> my use is kind of fast desert. See, I read that the only thing I could think of is maybe uh, 
Look at previous posts. Well, no, answer, ask the ask the question again because the previous post flew off the flew yeah. off the chart. We can't see it anymore, Eric. Sorry uh, about that. Jesse did actually have a, a question too. Okay, what's that? So, would you say that the KTM seven ninety and eight ninety engine has long, longevity and reliability of the LC eight? Debating on if a U seven ninety is a better buy than a nine fifty or nine ninety. Um, I haven't heard of any really reliability issues with those at all. I, I know because it's going to a cable clutch and a lot of KTM riders aren't familiar with cable clutches. So I've seen a few guys kind of smoke them, uh, not paying attention to it. But other than that, I haven't heard any Jake, have you heard of any guys having issues with seven ninety eight ninety? None at all. None at all. Yeah. Neither. I don't think these days, most of these bikes do not have any, any like kind of reliability issues on that front. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that. So what was, so what was the the other part of his question was between those two bikes? Yeah. It was between a 790 or a 950 slash 990. Ooh. So <laughs> I have a really high mileage 950 and I will tell you that they can go about a hundred thousand miles and then you're going to start having issues with them. I, you know, and it's, it's not one thing. It's just like stuff kind of starts wearing out. I don't think that that 950 engine in general was a great time in KTM's, uh, reliability, whether it was some of their manufacturing or just some of the designs that's the same time as, you know, some of the other stuff that the 950, it was, it's a good platform, but I don't think it was great. And I think they evolved past that to the, to the, to the 1190, 1090, they did some things in there that really helped it out. But I would, I would go, I would definitely get the newer one. Uh, I don't, I think they just, everything got a lot better when they went to that newer platform. Uh, and he, and Flynn 825 says the electronics are iffy. Most engines are pretty rock solid now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's talking about just bikes in general right there. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's rare. You see stuff just break on, on bikes that are not, you know, kind of like race bikes. So skip Eric, tell us what you know about the tour of Idaho 23 says Sean Casey. (laughs) Um, uh, I don't know anything about the tour of Idaho. I think it's going to be Martin's last year of quote, organizing it or doing whatever he does for it. So, I don't know anything about it. Uh, I think I might do it. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, speaking of Tour of Idaho, Bill Hall was asking. He uh, He's looking for a competent Tour of Idaho partner or two. Uh, he was wondering if he was wondering where he can look to find some. Grinder. <laughs> yeah, your, fa- your favorite social that's, media. That's not a, a Tour of Idaho uh, uh, rider site. Uh, you know, it can be, but I don't know if it's the writers you're thinking of. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, results may vary there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so is it is it time for us to take a quick break and then come back with uh, Rooster Endo? Yeah, yeah. Most are you, can. Jake, are you able to uh, stick around for a little bit for this? Yeah, I can stick around. This is Rooster Endo right. brought to you by Taco Moto. 
Taco Moto has all of the stuff you need for pretty much any bike, but specifically the KTM Husky Gas Gas. Uh, the, the bikes that are dual sport and, or kind of corked down, they can uncork them. And even if you're on one of the more racy bikes, they have lots of cool stuff. They give us a hundred dollar gift certificate every week for you to see if you can win. And all you have to do is send us the picture of your bike, tell us the year, make and model. And then, uh, we talk about it and the one that gives us the most enjoyment will win a hundred dollar gift certificate. So think about that for a few minutes. You can uh, look in the chat to see how to get us the information. It's usually on one of our social posts, and we'll see you right after the break. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text, and it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before, and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, All of our Taco Moto co-branded components come with a no-questions-asked lifetime warranty, and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets the, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Since 2009, Seat Concepts has been dedicated to making the best aftermarket seats. More comfort, more grip, more riding. For 10 years, we've continued to raise the bar. Innovation and American craftsmanship make Seat Concepts the world-leading manufacturer of power sports seats. Is my picture not working? Yo, we don't want your picture, George. And we're so back. George managed to uh, join the show. Uh, we are back live with Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is the show where you ask questions and we answer them as long as it relates to motorcycle and motorcycle-related products. My name is Jimmy Lewis. Uh, we have Matt Mattoon uh, kind of not yep. screwing up the show, we'll say. He's not screwing it up right now. Yeah. Uh, Jake Jake Matier, finisher of the Starvation Ridge 24-hour uh, race on an XR600, a 1994 version. Am I correct on that, Jake? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, 1994 XR600. That doesn't really, that's not really that specific because I think they were the same from about 91 to whenever they quit making them. They didn't really, I think they changed the diameter of the spokes or something like that. Uh, and then also joining us live is a friend of the show, uh, George Justice. Or did Matt cut him off? I don't cut him off. Yeah, there's George. We can hear yeah. my ear. You're He's there. here. His uh his his face isn't here, but his voice is. Okay. Why so is my face here? We don't want it. Okay. You you could just you should just have an emoji with a sticker on it or something that would somehow make you famous. Actually, I, I might think. be able I might be able to put that on the show right now. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it too much. I said I shared a picture that pissed him, by the way. 
way. I don't know on this Zoom thing. It said I could share a picture. No. Well, we don't really want to see that piston. It's yeah, not. It's, it's not, not pretty. pretty. It. So the question I had to ask is: is so that bike got unloaded out of your truck and then parked over near my garage at some point? Was that the first time it was started up in Nevada? That I don't remember, but there were some unusual characteristics. So yeah, it got loaded in the truck, came down from Montana, wouldn't need to start it. I think I left it by the wash, right by the ramp. Right. And then I probably didn't start it. Okay. So, so a couple things is that I, I noticed that those things seem to every, if you start them up cold and then let them idle and then take off. A lot of times there's, there's a couple things going on. You have some pooling and I don't have no idea how long it sat up in Montana. You probably loaded it. You rode it up in the truck or did you push up in the truck? Rode it up in there. It, had it been ridden much before then? Uh, no, not a lot. But you know what was it? So here's the characteristic of that bike usually. Go out, push the starter, and it'll start and die. And I don't use, you know, I I, I don't recall ever using the cold start you know, switch. So right. anyway, it'll usually start and die. Even if you try it with maybe two of those dies, then you can manage to just give it enough throttle so that it'll kind of keep running and idle. And you let it warm up a little and let go. That morning, what was unusual is I went out there, I hit the button and it started and kept running, <laughs> which later you said, oh, it probably hasn't calibrated for this atmosphere or whatever. But it started and kept running like, you would maybe expect it should, but that's unusual for that bike. Usually yeah, I'll they're, start they're, it. They're, the older ones are characteristically a little bit lean. So this is why I was thinking, you know, because you're you're probably at a little bit more elevation in Montana and it was a little bit colder. Yeah. And so the ECU kind of remembers these things. And I don't know exactly to what extent, but so you come down, you bring it someplace else. When you push the starter, it takes a quick reading. But, you know, how accurate that really is, it kind of depends, you know, has that, is that piston been down in the bottom of the stroke and it's completely sealed up that crankcase and sure it would bleed and the pressure would probably adjust to a certain level, but like how, how good is that reading? Or maybe it's up at the top dead center and it, it pulls, you know, it, 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 it has a kind of a fresh gulp of air, but like how accurate is that temperature at that point? You know, and, and, you know, you could be sitting, the engine could be sitting there cold you know, and the outside air temperature is 20 degrees hotter because it's still a cold lump of air or it was sitting in the sun. The engine heats up to 10 degrees, 15 degrees more than ambient. And that's a big difference. So, so you think about all these different things. That's why a lot of times, you know, I start and stop them, you know, I'll start them and stop them, especially if I take off and it's not running funny. And I have it. I also have a 2019. If it's not running funny, a lot of times I just hit the kill button, start right back up and then it runs better. And this is something we learned that it only that that bike only takes one reading, and then it operates on that. It doesn't expect you to make a a big change in elevation or a big change in in uh, and I don't know if it's just one reading right at the startup or it takes other ones at other times. But I've done some testing, and it kind of indicates that it kind of gets one setting and it stays there until the bike is shut back off and turned back on. But I think in reality, you know, bike was a little bit tired probably a little bit loose you got you got on it at different expansion rates yeah and it just seems but it, it, it totally makes sense though because of that startup 
that some kind of misreading was going on. You know, how much that contributed to the cold seas or not, who knows. But, you know, it, it was really unusual for that bike. Just boom, start up, <laughs> keep running, you know. And that's what I got on it, took off, kind of limped it up to the gas station there and then turned the corner. And I, I don't know. I don't remember. I probably felt, well, it ran down the block here. It's probably warm enough. Just whacked it. And didn't last so, long. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, it's funny because I, I haven't cold seized a bike in a long time, actually in my, you know, all the bikes I've ridden, I don't think I've ever really cold seized a bike. Maybe some YSR fifties when we were testing pipes, but that was different. So I think that, you know, you start thinking about like, what does it take? And a lot of times when I'm riding, you know, when I take off out of the house, and I'm just kind of going down the road. I put my hand by the radiator. I'll put my hand, I'll stick it in the radiator shroud and louvers kind of behind the gas tank to make sure I feel some temperature kind of come coming out of it before I really get on it. Or, you know, if, if, if I'm wearing thin gloves, I'll actually touch the top of the radiator to, to, to give it idea, but I, but I'll never really just fully get on it because I'm sitting there. I'm thinking about like, Hey, is the piston expanding compared to the cylinder? What's the rod doing? You know, the, cause it, it takes a long time to actually heat up when you're dumping all this cold air into a rod, for instance, it takes a long time for that to sort of heat up in total, but the areas where there's friction, you know, so, so, right. Hey, uh, and someone just mentioned, uh, what was the, uh, yeah, it was a KTM 300 that cold seas that we're talking about. What, how old was the fuel? Uh, there's, you, I don't know. I got to think got, on that. You've, you've got every strike against you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, cause, cause, uh, I, I, I just loaned out a KTM 350 and it's, it's, I started it up. It ran, it starts and runs. It's a little kind of funny, but I just realized, shit, that bike's been sitting around now for six months and it has a half a tank of gas and that gas is bad. And then the guy who took it says, Hey, it kind of runs it. It the idles all over the place. And I'm like, right. put new gas in it, <laughs> put, fill it up with new gas and ride it for 10 minutes and that'll go away. And I haven't heard back. So it's obviously gone. Yeah, away. That's my, that's I've learned. That's my first go-to is gas when anything weird starts happening. Yeah. And it's so, usually gas. <laughs> right. So uh, Jackie, Jackie, uh, Jackie says, Oh, that's a problem. It's a KTM. <laughs> that's not the problem. <laughs> Anyways. Hey, if you're looking for a, uh, a better ride, maybe you should uh, look into a Yamaha YZ125 or YZ252 strokes. I know everybody's talking about the new YZ450 that Trevor rode. You can read about it over at dirtbiketest.com. But if you're looking for that two-stroke experience, they also have the YZ125X and YZ250X that have a little bit more of an off-road tune. So uh, visit yamahamotorsports.com today, and maybe you can get into the victory zone. How was that, Matt? That was good. Really good. It's almost, like you, it's almost like you had a sheet right in front of you that you're able you to should, read. You should you should talk to them and find out when they're going to get me the the proper reads so uh, I can I'm, do it. I'm right. told. I'm uh, I've been given a time frame. Yeah, make sure it comes with a check. Yeah, that, big yeah. big fat check because because we don't want to just be sh unpaid shills like all these guys. You know what? I feel a lot more like an Instagrammer these days because actually I, I have to post on Instagram to be an Instagrammer, right? 
Well, I'm not riding a lot, but I'm talking about motorcycles. That must be what an Instagrammer feels like. Well, it can be. I mean, your Instagram is just whatever you want it to be. (laughs) People like it, they'll follow you. And if they don't, they won't. (laughs) Yeah, I I answer all my spam calls now by saying meow. Yeah. Matt, you got got a picture of that piston in your uh, Zoom link there somewhere? Because I sent something up here off my phone. George, uh, we're, 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 I'm trying to, I'm trying to sway this conversation into cats. In Instagram. Oh yeah. Cause cats I'm going to start. Uh, I'm not seeing it anywhere, George. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't need to see it. It just looks like a piston that somebody took off too They're early because they were late. It's like, it's like, that's what happens oh, when you're late to work. I see what happened. It's the background. If you got my face, it's in the background of mine. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah. But if you're uh, excluding my face, you won't get it. Okay. So I got a I got a question here. When are we gonna get to Rooster Endo? Uh Lou, we can get to it anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 get the first one up. All right. So I'm gonna put Jake's face up. So we got uh someone that's not me. So this is this first submission is actually from Bill Hall. Are, are, how are we gonna see this? You should oh, be able to go. see it right here. Got it. So I'm going to make this a little bit bigger here. All right. I want to get the list up here. Just just cover just cover us all up. Make it big. I'm going to have a hard time seeing this. I got to go to the full screen view. All right. So this is a Mr. Bill Hall. This is a... I'll make it even bigger here for you. Right. There we go. All right. Bill Hall's bike. It's a... I need some of that three quarter inch CDX plywood he's got in the, uh, I need the four sheets of that right now, uh, (laughs) delivered. So this is a 2019 500 EXCF. It has the national lucky carbon inserts up front DLC, lower fork legs. Uppers are, uh, Kishima, uh, Kishima, Kishima. Kishima. There's no, there's no, you're making, you're making, you're making it up for, uh, our good, our good buddy. Uh, it's Cooper. Cletus. Uh, I'm gonna blame the, sp- the spelling. Uh, anyway, valved and sprung for my weight and riding discipline. Desert and single mountain track. Carbon flex bars by Twisted Engineering, and the flexibility comes in four different options. I chose the most flexible. The bin is a wind down bin, much lighter than the flex bar that Jimmy runs. X trig rocks triples. Wait, wait, 20- wait, 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 wait. What do you say? Much better. Much lighter than the flex bar. Much lighter. This is true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, This is a very long list, so I'm just going to blast through it. Uh, X-Trig rocks triples with the 24 millimeter offset dampening bars by X-Trig. He also has a lot of filler. A super mount by Moto Minded and a keyless ignition. So he he comments on his own modifications. Yeah. So let me read this. Let me read this one for word for word. A super mount by Moto Minded with keyless ignition. Uh, parentheses a hidden switch is on the bike for security it now has a toggle on and off on the right uh, on the right side like a motocross bike all for motor minded it's not secret anymore yeah park that someplace in my eyesight and i'm gonna flip it and hop away yeah i'll be one of those i'll be like one of those hood kids uh the headlight <laughs> is from the ktm parts catalog motor minded sent me an auto headlight uh anti-gravity eight cell battery personal friend put a euro ecu on the bike map just for him Double take mirror, uh, unnecessary street equipment was all removed except tail light and brake light. FMF 4.1, uh, molecular skid plate, 
AK ATK oil filter, uh, STR front rotor guard, carbon uh, clutch cover, MX Tech Nationals shock sprung for, and valve for himself, super sprocks and the cool gold X-ring training, factory reeds remain in the bike, uh, neuro engineering guide and rear wait, rotor wait, guard. Wait, 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 wait. Reeds remain in the bike. Factory reeds. I don't believe it. I want to see a picture. I think he's lying. I think he's just buttering up. You know, you know, every once in a while somebody butters up to try to get that hundred bucks. Yeah. I, uh, there's there's only there's only three people in the world that I know leave those reads in. That's me, Jake, and Jim. <laughs> <laughs> but Jake's gonna pull his out. Jake's <laughs> Jake's gonna pull his out pretty soon though, right? No, I'm leaving mine in. Paul, you're leaving him in. So finally, yeah. When, yeah, when, like I said, when you feel like you're stretching the throttle cable, that's when it's time to, that's when it's time to get that sucker tuned up. Okay. Keep going, Matt. Enduro engineering chain guide and rear rotor guard capacity by Tokyo off-road capacitor by Tokyo off-road P3 carbon header pipe guard, ODI grips, seat concepts, Canyon dice, tie down hooks on the triple clamps, spring dampener by precision parabolic dampener, uh, uh, a Cherubis fuel tank. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so go back. So what? What did what did uh, Tokyo Tokyo mods make? A capacitor. So, battery so, capacitor to start it when the battery's. Oh, up. so he's actually has it mounted on the bike. He's not carrying it with him. He's probably yeah. got it mounted on the bike. Okay, got. And then and then and then the spring thing, the last spring thing you said. Uh, the steering dampener. No, you said something about a spring or damper or something. Yeah, steering dampener, but that, that was the last thing I said besides the Cherubis. There's also the Canyon Deance tie-down hooks on the triple clamps. Right. Oh, it was just something Something else was the spring thing, and I thought we already talked about suspension. Yeah. Uh, Gulan 10 micro. Golan. Golan 10 micro in fuel line filter. Earl's 10 micro in fuel, in tank fuel filter. Polysport swing arm guard, enduro engineering radiator guards, thermostat removed, uh, no. 1.8 radiator and cap, no. and fast pegs. I I want to know how bummed he's going to be when he finds out that most silt particles are nine microns. <laughs> I think that could just throw a pickle to this whole bike. Well, I think he's more in the. I don't know if he's in the Vegas area. I know actually yeah, those mountains look looks- like Trump. Those mountains look like Pahrump. It looks like Southern California to me, but I don't know. What it does year, look like it does what look year like model is it? Uh, 2019 500EX EXC. Okay, I got one of those. <laughs> I, it totally endos for me. You know what the two things were? <laughs> okay, good. here we go. No thermostat. No thermostat. Oh yeah, Euro map. Euro map just makes it hard to start and it's the bike is flying to admissions the so bike is the bike is not in europe so why would you have a euro map in it because he's he, uh emission he, conscientious and he wants to go to a higher standard than the u.s has he does he does uh he does have a nice european lamp outside of his garage so maybe that's why i i'm uh i'm uh i think he has like too too many things on his bike. I'm going. I'm going endo. Also, he yes. doesn't need anything more on that. It's an endo for me. I don't, 
I don't understand. Jake, Jake, you, that out. you you can try to override, but what do you got? Uh, I'm going with. Uh, I think our friends at Taco Moto did really good uh, on all parts that he bought, but it's an <laughs> end endo for me. <laughs> oh, so let me read the comment about his thermostat removed. I I, th- he, I think I think I think that he he I I literally think this guy's like a part slut. He goes. <laughs> Not not a part slut, but uh, uh, I mean, he goes anywhere for parts. This there's no rhyme or reason for this. There's a this almost constitutes a problem. I mean, not. Oh, that's what I was going to say. The first step is he has to admit he has a problem. <laughs> That'd be all cool, right? <laughs> all right. Hey, so, okay. Sports the industry. So sure. so tell us about tell us about the excusatron for the thermostat removal. Uh, Richens the air fuel mixture. Taco Mike would disagree, but oh well. <laughs> how does it? How does it rich in the? That they're, it takes a coolant temperature, and it there's it does not richen. Removing it would change the rate that it richens or enriches. Richens or makes it richer or leaner, but it's not gonna. It, it doesn't no. Bad excuse. I would disagree <laughs> with them it too. Run, might make it run hotter if the water doesn't spend enough time in the radiator to cool down. There, there's well, uh, no. It would actually it it actually runs too. They run too cold a lot of times when the when the uh, the thermostat's out. This is this is a known thing. I mean, if it works, then you should take your thermostat out of your car. <laughs> All right, so this is a bona fide endo by all parties. Okay, yeah. All right, so let's let's go down to the next one. This should be a Clint Rivener. Um, he submitted multiple photos, all of them kind of the same quality as this one, though. Okay. So let me read this. So Clint submitted a 2016 Husky 701. In full disclosure, he feels the exact same way that Jimmy does about this bike. Too heavy. And oh, he loves it. Un- undenied love. Yeah. <laughs> Too heavy and under suspended to be a dirt bike, not full enough fuel range or wind protection to be an ADV bike. So I set out to spend way too much money to build a proper ADV bike. Nomad windscreen and nav tower, low exhaust skid plate, uh, no low exhaust skid plate and side tanks. Total fuel capacity is 36 liters. Yoshimira muffler, Rottweiler intake and filter. Uh, seat concept seat, flex handlebars, Scott's dampener, ERP mount, Zeta hand guards with blinkers, heated grips, TM designs, uh, uh, sorry, TM design works, chain guard, super sprocks, rear sprocket with 1450 gearing, Husky hard parts, rear rack, gear loop luggage, front forks are open cartridge with an unknown year KTM off-road bike, 12 inch travel tractive. That's the brand from conflict suspension. Works well, but is extremely unreliable. I had to buy a second one to get enough parts to keep me riding. Note, uh, he sucks at email, so he sent multiple pictures from his phone. Uh, roost. He he, he this guy this guy has a problem, and he fully admits it. Just yeah. just by what he did. True. <laughs> he, he he said my bike sucked, and I did all these things to fix it, <laughs> and and it's so. It's still not there, so I bought another one, so I'd have parts for this. I, I I'm going with Roost. I don't know. 
what else? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny when I first looked at it, I go, man, it almost looks like a factory rally bike. Cause that, that, that tank and seat kit stuff looks really good on it. A yeah, middle of the road on it. No middle of the road. I'm, I'm on middle the middle. Of the road. I'm a middle of it as well. The, uh, the tank bag kind of holds it back for me. A tank bag. Yeah. He's, he's adventuring. He's probably got to carry a couple extra spare parts. I, I picked this photo out of all the other ones he sent. There was also another photo where he had this bike all, uh, over a log. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Result was it was unclear if he had meant to get it there or not. Though um, there was another picture where this bike was crashed. Uh, this was this was the better photo of the two that he submitted where the bike was posed. So. Okay. Well, he should he should have uh, he should he should come and take a riding school. Yeah. Bet he's got a thermostat too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh so I'm going with Roost. What's uh George's middle of the road, which middle means of the road. I gotta see what else comes. Yeah. I'm also middle of the road with this one. Uh, I'm giving this guy a roost just because he actually looks like he's riding the bike and is out in the snow adventuring. So that's all it's fun. Yeah, he's yeah. he's riding the shit out of it. That's a full roost. That's a good point. Put it in the roost category. Next bike. All right. So the next bike up is good. Hey, and if from- you ha- and if you have the balls to send a KTM six ninety or Husky 701 bike into us. That's that's sporty. That's good. Okay. I don't know what just happened to my and are any of these oh, guys. I see in the what chat We're seeing the sky. Yeah, yeah. This this photo became out massive. Oh. It's a Yamaha. It's blue crew. Blue all you crew. all you have to do, Matt, is you, uh, you if you want to limit the amount of entries we get, all you have to do is Say that the the photo has to be sized to a certain thing, and ninety percent oh. of these people it won't happen. This thing is massive. I'm still Actually, shrinking you know, it down. You know what you can do? You can offer a service that you can get their bike on Rooster Endo at the proper size for a for a fee. That they should can't they pay us on on the Google things or something like that? Can't they? They can't can they on YouTube. Us, yeah, they can send us something on YouTube. Super chats are enabled, so if anyone wants to. Yeah, send us yeah. a tip. And by the way, if you do want to support the show in some other way where you're going to get something and we're going to get something, go through our link on the website. We have support us website, dirtbiketest.com. And you can click on the button there and you can go to Rocky Mountain or you can go to Amazon. Both of these places, if between those two places, if you can't find what you need, then you probably are getting something. You need to go to the dark web. And we're still working on that app where we where where our site takes you over to the dark web. I mean, we're we're already on the dark web because we harvest all of your information, by the way. So just do that <laughs> and and uh, click through and then we will not steal your credit card number unless you don't buy very much stuff. So, hey, OK, I, I, did you, I hit did you, you pretty good because I went through that link to order my eleven hundred dollars worth of cylinder and piston for that three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Much appreciated. Through Rocky Mountains. It showed up. So so now you and Cletus both have projects that need my attention in my shop right now. And so it's time for you guys to start bartering for my precious time. I was just going to take mine home when I leave this next weekend and fix it at home in my shop where I have proper tools and organized (laughs) tools and clean (laughs) shop. Right. Okay, Matt, you got that photo down to an acceptable size now? Yeah, I was just wait, I was just uh, waiting for a good break. So this is... I thought you were over at Fiverr trying to find someone to do it for you. Uh, you know, no one got back to me, so I just had to do it myself. So Don Neitzel, uh, probably not pronounce that last name right, 
2022 KTM 250 XC TPI, a Cherubis plastic kit, a Cherubis skid plate, carbon up clutch cover, nitro moose rear, IRC VE33S rear tire, uh, IRC VE35F front tire, Enduro Engineering radiator guards, Enduro Engineering rear brake tip, Enduro Engineering slave cylinder guard, ASV front brake lever, KTM power parts clutch lever, FMF spark rester, Flex bars, psycho bar ends, SAG is set. Oh, I like that. That was a good thing to add. I'm wondering, because I think I know where that picture was taken. Did you come off a trail that was up on the mountain right behind that lake? That's uh that's my question. That's a I wonder it are any of these guys in the chat tonight? Do we have any do we have any people that are trying to win by getting in the chat? It's Not always a good thing. I see so far. I I like this bike. The only thing that's missing for me is a headlight. And then it has one of those things that hangs down on the bottom, like a linkage, <laughs> a shock linkage. Well, it is an XC, not XCW. Yeah, so. I know. So, I mean, he, he, you could take this to the motocross track, unlike a beta cross trainer, evidently. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, uh, I, I like this. So he, he's got decent light on the bike. It could be a little bit better. You could pivot it just a little bit, but it's not bad. Nice location. I want to go riding there. Nice bike. Not too beat up yet, but it is a 2022. How bummed do you think this guy is that he bought this and now everybody's going to tell him that the TBI bike is so much better? <laughs> He's probably, he might, he, we might have a, a submission for a 23 uh, 250 XE from him soon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also shout out to Sean Casey for the $10 on YouTube. Oh, thanks, Sean. That's really, he, that's he said TID in 23 in a team and film it. Is TID tour Idaho? Uh, yeah. Tour TID. Idaho. Be, that's ID. Tour it's tour. T, yeah. Tour of Idaho. Okay. Yeah. And film it. Oh, do another movie. I got to get, I got to get my buddy will back on the program. He's, he's, yeah. uh, He's got a baby and he has a lot of uh, goats. He's into the, he's got oh, a goat farm. Don is in the chat and he just said, this is Trinity mountain in Idaho. Yep. I know. And that's the trail that comes down off that mountain. I know exactly where that's at. And I would, but this don't, is, yeah, try not to, we, we don't want just, yeah. Try to keep the locations, uh, like kind of just, uh, kind of closed. So undisclosed mountain in, uh, yeah, it's someplace in Idaho. In Idaho. Can't find it. Can't find it mountain in yeah, someplace in Idaho, but yeah, that's a, this is a good bike. I like the I like the graphics kit. I like the the mods. It looks clean, but also dirty. Like it's a good right. kind of dirty. It's not all cluttered up with a bunch yeah. of you know <laughs> orange bling garbage BS. Yeah, nonsense. Just it would with George there. Guards, guards, and write it. It would have super roosted if he would have taken the reeds out. It's the type of bike you can just jump right on, start it cold, and just rip it. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a tough one tonight, man, to pick the no, winner. That's, that's this, this, is, this is already, this is already this is the top, stacked up. Top of the list for yeah, me. Top for me tonight. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so next. I want, the, I want uh, the piston and cylinder. <laughs> Jake, what, what do we think on this one? Uh, I think this is a roost just because uh, he had to actually ride out there uh, and he didn't go overkill on the orange. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what the S is on the on the number plate, but he actually probably races the thing too. So Senior. 
probably senior special needs. <laughs> okay. So let's hey, Tom move. Gray has a chat in our uh, Facebook chat. He says, good day guys, which means he's from, uh, I think that's from Zimbabwe. What is your preferred saddle and tail bag setup on a 2009 WR 450 F for multi-day trips? I do say I can answer nine out of 10 questions without referring to a reference manual. And I'm thinking, is it, is it when he says saddle and tail bag, is that that little thing sitting on top of the fender or is he looking at some sort of thing that for, hangs over the side? For multi-day ride, I would, for multi-day ride, I would assume he's asking you know, about almost like a giant loop bag or something. Yeah, right. Loop and, or Moscow Moto. You know, what's funny is I have a really good answer for that. And it revolves around a company that, that I really wanted to have support some of the projects that I was in, but they said oh. that probably, I probably don't really like, you know, flip the switch for them. And it's questions like these that really piss me off because I'd love to tell you, but I'm not going to give them any play on this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, there are some, um, some good set setups. And, uh, I think I, you know, pay attention to what, uh, guys say but they're, man they're there there's some of these companies that man they're doing really good too but they don't they don't want to help us out so yeah well let's so get... yeah sean i i we have an i believe it or not Jake, we have a, a really good sean casey we have a really good idea for doing something with tour of idaho potentially next summer uh with some guys that would be that would be pretty pretty fun hey and if you if you are out there and you own a maybe a bag company that makes good bags and you want to, uh, you know, support the show, uh, reach out to Matt at Jimmy and find out what your options are. Yep. So what's next. All right. So this is Jason Miller's bike right here. This is another oh. good photo. 2022 500 EXCF taco sauced AIM ECU PMBN cap molecule skid plate evap and O2 delete. Cyclops trail blast headlight, a taco narrow switch, double take mirrors, enduro plate license holder, true north moto flush blinkers, fastway hand guards, ARC levers, BDP radiator guards, and a Cherubis tank. And if you want some double take mirrors just like this bike has, and notice that you can't see them because they fold down out of the way so easy, but when you do fold them up, they actually work way better than stock ones. And if there is a piece of junk on any Dual sport motorcycle. It's generally the stock mirrors. Check out Double Take Mirrors for all your needs and reach out to us at uh, Jimmy Lewis Off Road and we can probably help you out with a little discount code. So I like this bike a lot. I like the location a lot. He got the light. He 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 nailed the light as far as I would have I would have liked to see a little bit lower, but then you're gonna lose the mountain in the background. You know, probably a little lens selection could help him out there. You've ridden that trail, Jimmy. I know. <laughs> I don't even know where it's at because that mountain is not very distinctive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep, that's right. Right behind our cabin. Yeah. So, uh, but that is, uh, that's a pretty sweet one too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. George, do you want to object just because that's what you do? <laughs> no, that's second. That's my second pick, but I can't see the bike until Matt's talking. I see, I see you and Jake when you talk, but it only, bike only flashes up on the zoom oh, i think you have to click on a different screen or something that's don't, don't, 
Don't blame us for your technological difficulties. Well, you can pin the screen or pin the the his Matt's picture to the screen. Yeah, I I don't I don't have anything bad to say about this bike. I don't have anything bad to say. It's, it's, this, this is this is good. I think he's got a nice little setup. We have a tough we have a tough choice to make later. later he, he, he needs he needs to put a DDC sprocket on it. That's for sure. He could probably use a C concept seat. Fast Company Flex Handlebars would uh, make a nice addition to this bike. All those things you could probably get at. I don't know if you can get the DDC sprockets at Takamoto, but pretty much everything else. What are those uh, bags? Those are those. Uh, those look like Moscow bags. bags yeah. Jake? Those are definitely Moscow Moto, the Reckless 10s, it looks like. Yeah. So uh, a Trail Tech kickstand might help it out when that uh, <laughs> that one snaps off. You know, there's lots of things. Uh, so is that is that our last one, Matt? Nope. So one more. One more. And, and this person... Went above and beyond to really make sure that they listened to your requests last week. Because if you remember last week, you got a special request. Uh, and rather than spoiling it, let me just show it to you. So this is Eric. I don't have his last name. It's a 2018. Hey, just, I, hate, I hate to be so secretive about stuff, but just in case anybody was worrying what mountain it was, it's, it's Flynn 825 got it. It's Mount Fuji. There you go. Yes, definitely. So that's <laughs> Eric. Why does that not surprise me this day and age that that's Eric? <laughs> that Flynn 825 is Eric? Whoever on this Husky. Oh, wait. We're, <laughs> I, I, I switched to a different screen. I got to get back to the show here. Yeah, yeah. So he listened. Well, if you look closely, he didn't really listen. He he kind of cheated, but uh, <laughs> he kind of cheated, but it still counts. <laughs> I guess I just saw it. <laughs> yeah. So this is a 2018 Husqvarna oh, FE350, 5,500 miles, 2,400 hours, and no problems that he didn't cause. The forks and shock are revalved and sprung by TCS, Tusk Fork uh, bottom protectors, Kenda Parker DT8021 front tube with tube, a front tire with tubeless. Kenda Gauntlet 140-8018 rear with tubeless. Mako 360 with Scott's under the bar mount. Scott Stabilizer, Trail Tech Voyager Pro, Bulletproof Designs rear discard, double take mirror, Psycho handguards, ODI lock on grips, Cyclops LED bulb, sick-ass kill switch, BDS radiator guards from the other bald guy, AXP skid plate, seat concepts, and com- uh, seat concepts comfort seat, Fastway Evo 4 foot pegs, Bulletproof uh, rear discard, giant loop bags gd jd tuner uh goline uh fuel filter rock oil factory eco filter oil e-line pipe guard enduro engineering brake pedal tip recluse uh clutch dampeners devol adjustable adjustable link poly sport clutch cover guard uh and and for our podcast listeners why why we're laughing about this this is a submission the bike the, the photo of the bike is good and there is a photoshopped, uh, looks like a surfer model, in in the picture. Yeah, I, I I haven't even I haven't even had a chance to look at the motorcycle yet. <laughs> what, what what was the miles and the year of the bike? Say twenty eighteen. No, she looks like twenty one, twenty two. Hundred and ten pounds max. Uh, hunt, so this is a twenty eighteen Husqvarna FE three hundred and fifty. 5,500 miles on 24, uh, 240 hours. So he does a lot of high speed stuff. Highway miles. 
What is that a maxi pad on the front of that seat? What is that? <laughs> that's where he, <laughs> that's where he puts a scorecard. Yeah. It looks a little thicker than that. Yeah. It's a little pocket for all your all your stuff. Oh, he's got a GoPro mount on the handlebar too. Oh yeah. He's got he's, it's a double take mirror. Yeah. Well, I like it. It's it looks it looks all good. <clears throat> you know, I have to respect someone that 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 listens and goes out of their way <laughs> to really <laughs> uh, help out. I I'm kind of curious though. Did an explosion go off down at the bottom of the hill? Like it looks like there's a bomb going off below that. Right. Area. Right by the mirror. Yeah, right behind the mirror down there. It's like a dust cloud or is that just Glen Helen? No, so that is just a hot spot, a break in the clouds. Oh. <laughs> right. Since, since it's uh, on my monitor, since, since I have it blown up on my monitor, I can see a lot more clearly. It's just a break in the clouds. What are you doing looking at that part of the photo, man? I'd have another part zoomed in. Probably a little bit more right above the seat. If he would have done a <laughs> You're better really job. You're really interested push, in that maxi pad, huh? If he, if he would have done a better job, he would have actually had her legs behind the, down behind the, uh, underneath the 26, you, you know, because he cut her legs off. And you need to see the feet on the ground down there. Might be on a hill and they're just short legs like mine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what what's this guy's name in the picture? <laughs> uh, this is Eric. I didn't get his last name in the email submission. Okay. Yeah, Eric in the pink sleeves. Okay, Eric did a good job. Oh no, Eric, that's not Eric's picture, George. He said, "Here's Eric." Uh, at the no. beginning. Yeah, I do. Well, can you so, see? Can Can you see it, or are you just you know? staring at my screen? How do you know it's not Eric? No, I've, Jake told me to pin this picture, so it's up there. Huh. Oh, so how, you're right. How do we know that isn't Eric? I like Eric. Then, like Eric's cute. Well. <laughs> I think Eric, with his photoshopping and his good bike, and listening to our requests from last week, I think this is a a hard roost. It's a roost. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm still on the two stroke. Okay. If that's that's all the bikes, that, that's this it. is the last submission. It's it's, it's all you I'm get to vote for. The, My vote's for the two strokes. One. This this one wins for me just because he listened to our needs last week and. Was, uh, I didn't even watch a show last week. <laughs> I I don't even watch the show, and I make is it. that is that all three of you then for that one? I, I'm I'm in for this one too. I I yeah. like the fact that he that he that he took our our requests and ran with it. The other ones, I'm not kidding you. The other ones, the last three or four weeks would have smoked it. Other than that one with the whole family was on the bike doing the wheelie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> this this photo, I think. Yeah, I, and and okay, so. You can't just Photoshop a girl onto your damn picture of your bike anymore and make it win. That's not going to work anymore. It's got to be real. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, good good job. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, happy with that. So I I the I had a couple. There was a couple really close runner ups, but you gotta you gotta go with uh, you gotta can't turn back people on your word. Right, right. Cool. So Eric people delivered. Yeah, for me he does. There you go. Jake's shaking his head up. If you can't yeah. see, he's just I mean, being <laughs> quiet in the quiet in the background there. If he followed the rules, he wins. I I don't know. I have a problem with the plastic subframes on those ones, but hey, can't win them all. The I, plastics. I, I, oh yeah, because because evidently those break. Oh yeah, if you I ride had, them hard. I had to 
one of the factory Kawasaki riders jump on my 2017. He was a 20, 25 year Kawasaki guy and uh, he looped it out and broke the subframe on for me. So, but that's, that's not the bike's fault. The <laughs> no. looping out isn't, isn't the, it probably would have, would have been worse with an aluminum subframe, but it still bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, all the times we tested them, I never had any issues with them, but then, you know, I've, you know, I can see where it's kind of a weak, a weak thing, especially if you're a heavier dude that rides on the back of the seat. I could see that uh, those has Paul broken any of those. Uh, he just strips out all the fasteners in them. Oh, that's just by tightening them too much. Yes, that's a different situation. <laughs> yeah. So he's definitely not a fan. Yeah. But uh, he hasn't actually broken one, uh, but he wasn't running that as a rally bike. So, <laughs> right. Te- technical stuff. Uh, and I think. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I think that, uh, so thanks to Takamoto.co, you can uh, probably make sure you can get a couple extra parts for that bike. You know, I think, do they make a part for that, that subframe strengthening thing? Isn't there somebody that made something for that? Not, not that I know of. I don't know anything on Takamoto. Yeah. I, I, I thought somebody had built something, uh, thing uh and then gregory edinger wants to know if she's got bolt-on parts <laughs> she looked pretty natural that one but uh okay what are the other what are the other questions we got here so just to be clear eric uh reach out to me matt at jimmylasafro.com i'll get you set up and for the people in the chat wondering how you get your bike submitted uh the best way is honestly just to email it to me at matt at jimmylasafro.com or comment it on our social posts when we announce that we're going live uh, on Tuesdays. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, if, if we post, you know, the day of, sometimes we fill up pretty quick and then it doesn't get on till the next show. We keep mm-hmm. them in order for the most part. Um, I think Matt, do you throw any of them away? Are any of them just total garbage? No, no. If any of them, if, if your bike has been submitted and you haven't seen it on the show, reach out to me because it was not intentional. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's still, still in the queue. <laughs> Yeah. Never made it, Matt. What's that? My video submission never made it. <laughs> that, that was a, like a two and a half, three minute video. Yeah. We, we said limit them 90 seconds. I don't care. <laughs> That's why it's not <laughs> well, on the show. You can't be mad if either. you don't follow the rules. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Don't hide the names of the trails. So many Idaho trails are overgrown and we need more travel or the national Forest Service will close them. So this is Tyrone is my name. Tyrone is my name. Yeah, I agree with Tyrone on this one in certain areas. Right. Um, Idaho is one of those areas that has so many trails. They need more people that are willing to be out there with the chainsaw clearing them and and making sure they get use. Uh, There are other areas that are closer to population centers that get overused and also don't have enough people that are willing to go out and do trail work and make sure that the, the trails are clear. People want to go ride, but definitely don't spend enough time actually getting back. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's um make this really clear. There's a lot of areas that are just overrun and sometimes there's like a really good trail or two that may still be, we'll call it, keep it on the down low. And all it takes is a few social posts and then everybody and their brother goes there and makes a few more social posts and it just goes haywire. And most of the people that I've found that you're out in the middle of nowhere, 
and they're stuck on a trail and they're riding up there without a chainsaw and they sit there and they go, Oh, you guys are riding through here, man. This is a great trail, but I didn't know it was going to be this hard and all this stuff. And like, well, where's your chainsaw? You know, it wouldn't be that hard if you didn't have to go around everything. These are the same people that they're, I call them consumers. They're not, they're not producers. They consume trails. And when they're done wrecking one, they go find the next one on social media and whatever. So I'm very particular about when I give away names and I would hate to go ride on your trail, your favorite trail, and then tell everybody about it. And then that no longer be a good trail anymore. And I've seen it happen way too many times, but yes, there are definitely trails that need work and need travel. Go ride those, do the work. You know, if you're out there, you know, cutting and doing all this stuff, then uh, more power to you. And there's a certain, but be really careful. Cause I've seen some of the best trails that I've known uh, turn into complete garbage because they get hoopty doos and they get go arounds and, you know, there's, there's a section that's a fun technical section, and then somebody will figure out a way to, you know, blast straight up a hill. And then all of a sudden now it's ready for closure, not because it didn't get used because they can't control the ding dongs that are out there doing that stuff. So I totally agree with you uh, in one sense and another sense, uh, I think me and Jake kind of mirror the same thing that you got to be really careful about what you're posting about. hundred percent. Hey, Jimmy, so- what's the latest on that Boise club? Did I read that they got their uh, motocross track made a historical landmark, keep the people from shutting it down? So they're doing a lots of things. So this is the Oahe. Oh, I'm never going to be able to say that. Oahe. Oahe. Oahe track just outside of Boise. I posted a couple of things on my social. Uh, We should probably post one up on Dirt Bike Test uh, as well. I know I have it on JimmyLewisOffRoad.com and on our Jimmy Lewis page. schools pages but they have uh yeah they they're they're raffling off a husky 501 uh the money is going to help them with some drainage and erosion issues that will help them keep that park open i think this is kind of an important battle and then uh yeah so uh but i i didn't did did they get the historic status i saw something that they did get the historic status or something yep and that's his letter or something yeah that's gonna that's one of the things they were working on i know that so yep but they okay so somebody confirmed it yeah they did and uh, don netzel says excellent pronunciation matt thank you that is a first time for everything i'm pretty sure don <laughs> is the see don i'm pretty sure don is the yeah don don was emailing me about how the correct pronunciation awesome Cause I botch it every single time, but uh, yes, they got, he says they got it and they still need property work done at the track, which is has to do with the erosion and stuff. It was part of a, a legal settlement. So, and uh, Mark Daniel said Rottweiler has a carbon fiber part for that Husky subframe. So there we go. And uh, Gregory says there's a company making mounts that were breaking on the 20 and 21 FE models. So, yeah. Okay. So there's, there's a fix for this, this broken Husky thing. I would say just lose weight and quit sitting down on the back of the seat. Don't uh, loop out. Don't loop out either. Yeah. So <laughs> there was a couple of questions that we missed earlier that I okay. want to get to. So Mario uh, Neville, uh, he has a stock CRF 450 RL versus his friend's brand new KTM 500. 
which consumes a lot more fuel that, than his CRF, uh, twice as much on his last trip. Um, wondering if that's just an issue or if that's just how it is, I'm thinking. So does his buddy's uh, KTM have a different ECU on it? <laughs> right. Say it's got he's ripped the reeds out, he's had it all reflashed, he's done this, he's done that. No mileage. Right. Um, I I that's why I just said that about the the adding all that stuff to it. Yeah, generally when you're making more power, you're burning more gas. And Honda is very, very good about making sure their bikes are are very clean burning, let's say. And they they want to make sure they meet all the standards. And if you think about where you ride the bike, most of the time it's in the lower RPMs where you don't need a whole lot of fuel and the Honda is very efficient there. And generally on any of these modifications that you do, and I'm just guessing that the bike's modified, but I'm probably right. That's where they enrich in the hell out of these things. And they don't necessarily run all that much better. And a lot of times you have to overcompensate by opening the throttle up to get them to run properly kind of you have to pretend like you're on a dyno which you're not on a dyno and they suck fuel so there you go that's why not to say that you couldn't dump a little more fuel into your honda and get it to run a lot better either (laughs) so uh so donald bowerman had a question as well so he has a 2019 fb 501 with 171 hours and nine four uh sorry 171 hours and 4900 miles Regular maintenance and valves checks, but no top end yet. He's wondering if he should do preventative maintenance or just keep riding it. It runs great currently. Keep riding it. Just keep let it warm it. up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ended up with 450 or so hours on my 2012 500 EXE, 10,500 miles as a dual sport and trail bike, and two years as a snow bike. When I sold it, it had less than 2% leak down and still had the stock piston. Everything was stock on it. Still runs to this day. I sold it to a friend. So I would just run it. Run it and do good quality maintenance. And I have a I have a 21 KTM 500 <clears throat> that has 606 hours on it. I don't know how many miles because I keep switching uh, wheels that don't have odometer sensors on it, you know, so I can sell it for more when it's, uh, when it's, uh, you know, the mileage comes up, but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't open it up until it starts begging for it. And by begging for it, it's gonna, it's gonna let you know that something's going wrong, you know, hard starting. Cold seas. No, cold seas <laughs> means you treated it wrong. I was going to get to that in a minute there. So hard starting just from wear and tear. Uh, oil use. Oil use is the is the other thing. And by oil use, it's not puffs of smoke. It's actually consuming oil, like a little bit of smoke coming out of the, you know, oil smoke coming out of the exhaust. It takes a lot of smoke before it's actually using it. But the fact that it it's actually using some, you're noticing the oil level go down a substantial amount. And that would be probably 300 cc's, 200 cc's a ride before I would even be concerned about this. But then if you've ever done something like sucked a bunch of dirt past the filter, if you like to feel what it like, you know, what it's like to hold the bike and just sit on the rev limiter, or you have run it for long periods of time without any good cooling on the bike, 
that means all your coolant's gone and it's turned into oil cooled motor. If you ever done those kind of things, then your hours may vary, your mileage may vary, vary. But if it's just chugging along, I wouldn't. It, my experience with the KTM products, and this goes back quite a ways, don't change them unless, unless they ask to be changed. And most of the times when guys just freshen them up at 150 or 300 hours, another 100 hours later, something starts going wrong and it has to do with something that was done in the freshening up process. So when you say has to be changed, you mean that the bike's giving you some kind of feedback that there's a problem, not the manual says change it, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Not the manual. The manual is generally written by lawyers. Uh, but yeah, smoking, you know, you oil consumption, lots of oil consumption or hard starting that isn't related to, you know, some sort of a fueling or spark issue. Uh, that, noise. That yeah, yeah. Some sort of a noise, you know, I, you know, I've seen weird things like that, that KTM I was talking about, I had to put a new cam in it because the cam, one of the, the cam bearing surfaces, the small one actually started wearing and it got loose, but it started, it went, it went to hard starting. It wasn't starting very good. So I went and checked the valves and I was getting inconsistent valve readings. I'm like, that's really weird. So when I pulled the cam out to reshim the valves, I look at the cam and said, Oh, look at this. So I slammed a new cam into it and it's perfect. After I checked to make sure that there was plenty of oil flowing to that particular area, which it was, I just think it was a hard, a, a surface hard, hard surface hardening treatment thing. Is that the first bike from Jim? That's the first one from Jim. Yes. And Are you so, saving for the third one from Jim yet? Well, I told him I would go cut open a mattress for it. And he, <laughs> he said, he told me that he doesn't take Confederate money. So I'm kind of out there. So I think so, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to sell my cat. Jim's got a funny story on the bike. So, cause like, I think on the the last one you bought, he went to the, the KTM dealer for an air filter. And then decided, why should I pay for an air filter? Because I could buy that air filter for fourteen grand, and it comes with the rest of the bike. Right. So he sold the old <laughs> bike that needed the air filter to you. And then this time, I was talking to him about replacing my oh, swing arm bearings. The, the, the problem was the problem was is is with that bike. You know, the one that the fourteen grand bike that came with the new air filter. He couldn't decide whether he wanted a two stroke or a four stroke attached to that air filter. So he went and got. Right, Both. two, yeah, two, yeah. yeah. And this time he showed up with a new truck too. He's got a new pickup. That's a new truck. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know this. <laughs> Wait, yeah. so you buying the second Thanks, bike? Uh, it's still at my house. I don't know. I haven't really haven't no money's exchanged hands. I got I got to ask Heather if she needs a new bike. <laughs> of course she does. I saw right away though. Within days, you posted up some bikes for sale. <laughs> yeah, I got a KTM 400 for sale right out in the backyard right now. Yeah. Cherry 2001 KTM 400. That's the class we need to. That's Jake. Next year, get your RFS buddies. Class. RFS class. There's a lot of those things, and I probably have a good good supply of them. I mean, I probably have 30 yeah. percent of the market on lockdown. Yeah, so you guys should buy those for your rental fleet. And uh, we've talked about it. <laughs> I've got some. I got. I, 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 we can we can barter. Actually. I probably sent them up there. I'll just, you know, try <laughs> just give them to you guys. Just give me the money you rent them for. So send every carbureted bike up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, okay. So we got any other questions, Matt, or where are we at? Uh, last one here from Mario was a follow-up on his CRF, uh, KTM yep. question. Are you guys recommending the emission delete and vortex for my new, uh, 450 RL? It's a 2022 and he wants to keep his fuel economy for the longer rides. Uh, Mario, check out www.dirtbikestest.com. Search CRF450X or 450, CRF450L. We did a long-term on those, and I don't remember specifically, but I put a, a fuel tuner on it. I didn't do, quote, the emissions delete stuff because it doesn't really affect too much the performance. I think I did some stuff, but not everything. But anyways, uh, t- take a look at that. It'll explain all that stuff. But the good thing about the the fuel tuner is it's really easy to push a couple buttons and lean it right back out if you want to get that fuel economy. I tell you one thing we did was we did put a larger tank on that bike, so yeah, you can get a little bit more range. But uh, that should help uh, answer that. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for checking in and watching the show and letting us uh, letting us help you out. I think that's the last question. Uh, okay and the last questions uh from our sheets so i'd like to thank uh, jake for coming on tonight uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for, thanks for the stories on the uh xr 600 if you if you have xr 600 questions jake is the new uh, man to ask <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll forward over all the xr 600 questions to him perfect and uh next year yeah maybe you get me and johnny cam if it's xrs we'll get me and johnny cam we'll go up there and uh and uh, see who's better xr rider i think we should do that yeah. And, uh, or, or just make the RFS class and I'll, I'll bring up a fleet. I'll, I got like, I, I could bring like 10 of them up there, which is actually, that's what we should do. We, we, you get everybody to pitch in about 500 bucks and they'll buy the bikes before the race. And we'll do it like a uh, paper, rock, scissors. You just have to go pick, draw the, out of a hat. You draw out of a hat. They're all, good, they're all good running bikes. And I'm pretty sure every single one of them, if they weren't crashed or ridden, like, you know, abused, they would all finish and th- these would be great bikes. So maybe we could, you know, figure out a, figure out a scam for me to sell my bikes. Uh, and I'll make, I'll make a lot of money and then I could pay for my trip up there. Perfect. So we'll see if it works. Okay. Everybody. Thanks a lot for joining. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors. Uh, make sure you check out Yamaha's new 2023 bikes. Of course, there's Scott Sports. Matt, did you get get our deal negotiated? I'm supposed to call. Uh, I'm supposed to call Knowles this week. Gotta, uh, no, I'm actually supposed to be reaching out to him. Uh, right. probably tomorrow. Yeah, so we got to hit him. Uh, climb. Uh, it's getting to be the cold season. Check out Climb for all your jacket needs. Actually, there's someone that wants to call into the show. I should have. I should have arranged that. They they want to get their boyfriend or husband uh, the pullover the I think it's the Revolt pullover, and I told them to call into the show and I would hook him up with a really good discount code, but we didn't have the phones and that's why I didn't do it. Uh, DDC, our very first sponsor on the show. If you need some good chain wheels that are lightweight and last forever, uh, check out DDC. That's ddcracing.net. Of course, there's Trail Tech, Fast Company, Seat Concepts. We'll have the Seat Concepts Hot Seat Hotline back in play next week, which George is going to be in studio, right? No, I got to go home. No, you're sticking around for the show. (laughs) George is going to be there next Tuesday night. He's going to interview me on the next show. That's what we're going to do. No, I got to go home. There's nothing at home for you. (laughs) Yeah, He's got got uh, another dead cow he's got to bury. 
Yeah, bulletproof designs and, of course, double-take mirrors. So click through our Rocky Mountain and Amazon links. Uh, check out jimmylewisoffroad.com. And with all that, thanks to Matt, thanks to Jake, thanks to George for calling in, and uh, we will see you out on the trail. So see you, cheers, everybody. See you out there, Mike, a couple days. Okay, see you.